Welcome to the Standing Out in Ohio podcast, where we discuss topics, upcoming events, news, and predictions with real estate professionals and entrepreneurs. Listen and learn what makes their companies and themselves stand out and gain advantages over the competition and gain market share. Subscribe for the latest news and discussion on what it takes to stand out from the crowd. Now, here's your host, Jim. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Standing Out in Ohio podcast. Today, we have Chris Sowersoff. Habitation investigation is the way to go for a home inspection in Ohio. Trusted licensed home inspectors for your needs from radon to mold to warranties. For a great home inspection, you really can't go wrong. Visit home inspections in Ohio.com. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Great, Jim. How are you? I'm doing well. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? You did. It's it's a lot. Uh, it looks a lot harder than it actually is. Okay. <laughs> well, my my last name's Troth, so I've had people pronounce my last name many different ways. <laughs> so so t- tell me, uh, who who are you? What do you do? Well, uh, great question. Um, I am a. Um, uh, business owner, and I would say uh, startup enthusiast. I have a, I co-own a business called World Class Title here in Central Ohio. We're licensed in seven states throughout the country, and then I have a startup called SafeWire that exists to help insure and insure uh, every real estate transaction is free from wire fraud. Okay, yeah, and that's definitely something I want to talk to you about because that uh, that's, that's big. That's huge for security for everybody. Because when you're buying a house, all your information is out there all over the place. Right. So what did you do before World Class Title? Well, I've been at World Class for almost 11 years. I um, I actually have an industrial design degree from the Columbus College of Art and Design, and I was doing design work for a while and actually got into the mortgage company. I had started and sold a mortgage company and um, got into commercial real estate and got crushed by the uh, 2008 financial crisis. Okay. So when the 2008 financial crisis happened, all of the commercial deals I was working on just essentially evaporated overnight when Lehman Brothers collapsed. And um, so I went into survival mode like a lot of people are doing right now and uh, began doing closings, going around the state, do, got a notary license, began going around the state doing closings and began working with Kelly that way. And from there, um, really, really honed and learned what the business was and what the product was, sat across from uh, consumers, buyers and sellers at their kitchen tables often and could, could hear their fears and their uncertainty when it came to um, the process. And so I was able to translate that into sales and then started building a sales team and eventually uh, became an owner. Oh, nice. So you build it, you build it pretty much from the ground up. Well, I wouldn't say that. I think Kelly, so Kelly started the company 16 years ago and she okay. uh, did a phenomenal job getting everything up and going. And then, you know, we all struggled through the financial collapse, including world class. And I think that uh, since 2008, we've we've really been able to combine uh, forces and and be able to leverage my skill sets and her skill sets to grow world class. Okay, okay. Well, that's interesting. You say you know meeting people at the kitchen tables and hearing their fears and everything. So, but so that gave you a good perspective on how to 
you know, customize it so it's it meets better what what consumers want and need. Well, it's a reminder, right? It's a reminder that who who what, who are we actually providing product and services for? And I know for the title for title companies, especially underwriters we often forget because we're so far at the end of the process who who are we actually you know we focus so much on marketing to real estate agents and real estate professionals but really we're marketing to consumers through real estate agents and and through uh, real estate professionals and so it's still at the end of the day even for us at the end of the back of the transaction it's still about the consumer yeah for for those who don't know a uh, title can you can you explain what title is and how that fits into the real estate transaction? Yeah, so we're the ones who uh, are at the facilitate the closing. We're an independent third party who facilitates the closing and and sell people uh, a really expensive insurance product. They don't have any idea what it is or does. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's title. Yeah. Well, I've heard horror stories of somebody closed on a house and then like two years later there's some long lost relative of the previous owner go no 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 that house is still mine yeah essentially what we're doing is um we're doing a search so we begin with a search and it, it is actually a really complicated process where we have to search county records uh for you know decades old county records to see and make sure that you get a free and clear title to your property to prevent exactly what you're talking about someone coming back and saying no this property is mine or or this easement does applies or doesn't apply to my property, and so it, it is actually a very niche, nuanced, complicated industry. And um, okay, it's, it sounds time-consuming. It, it, yeah, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's 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 a it's not an easy thing, and it's it's really has a lot of nuance to it. No, now who gets to choose what title agency is going to be used? So, technically, the buyers and sellers determine who the title company is to be used based on what is negotiated in a purchase contract. Uh, but that's fairly hypothetical. What really happens, at least here in central Ohio, is you have regional dynamics that come into play where in central Ohio, uh, typically the sellers pay for the title insurance and then they direct the title insurance, even though the buyer is the one who actually ends up with the policy. And so therefore, because it's a seller choice, it's usually the seller's real estate agent that's driving a lot of the title decisions. Okay, okay. Also, we do the home inspections and often it's the buyer's agent who has a huge influence as to who they're gonna use for the home inspection. Yep, and, and in other markets, they that that is the case with title too, uh, but in Columbus, it's done this way. Well, I'm certain you've had some crazy, uh, interesting, maybe some funny stories of title searches and maybe closings, I'm certain. Well, yeah, I mean, we've literally <laughs> closed closed people all over the world. I mean, we've closed people in, in jail, in prison, in Africa, in Saudi Arabia, in um, embassies throughout. You know, you can actually close people in the U.S. Any of the U.S. embassies have notaries there that we will recognize as a, being a valid notary. And so, especially when you get people out on deployment, they have to go find an embassy to close, and they may be okay. going on or off a deed. You know, we we've done we've done um, get people that are in jail or prison that have to get stuff to sign dower or off a deed. We've done a lot of uh, really interesting things. Yeah. So, so you guys have traveled out of country to get things completed. 
Yeah, usually, usually in a situation like that, and a lot of times it's like with the military personnel that's overseas or something, uh, we can still close uh, loans if they uh, are in front of a licensed notary that, that the, we in this country recognize. And in order to do that, they would go to like an embassy, for example. Oh, nice. Okay, okay. So t- tell me about, the, you have an, uh, another item you're talking about. It was like a very, uh, for security and safety, for, for closing? Yeah, we have a company called SafeWire. SafeWire. So SafeWire really was spurred um, back in 2016. I got an email from a guy who he and his wife had just been a victim of real estate wire fraud, and they lost their entire life savings because the title company had wired their funds to the wrong account through the fraudster's account. And so that's really where we be, it began, started getting on the radar back in 2016. And what many of us didn't know at the time, and I still think, and I think a lot of people still don't realize, is that these are sophisticated international crime organizations that are targeting the real estate industry, primarily based out of Western Africa and countries like Nigeria. They are an extension of the email Nigerian prince scams that have been around the last 20, 25 years that have said, um, send me $400 and I'll send you $4 million. Those are those email scams that have been around forever. These are the same people doing the real estate wire fraud scams. Oh, okay. Okay. And so we started out uh, building a company that could help title companies prevent real estate wire fraud losses. And now we're not only trying to help title companies, but we're trying to help real estate brokerages and ensure and ensure the entire process is free from real estate wire fraud. Oh, very nice. So world-class title has access and use of that. Um, so you guys are the first thing. So you probably could have it. Is, is our other title agencies in central Ohio use that as well? So we have uh, title agencies throughout the country that are using it. There are, there was another title company that was using it, but they're no longer using it um, for um, not, not uh, for, for other reasons. Um, the product has successfully authenticated over 30,000 buyers and sellers without any incurrence of fraud loss, but we are the only one currently in central Ohio offering it. We're world-class. We're world-class is very much um, our guinea pig with safe wire. And, okay. Um, but you know what we found, Jim, which is interesting, is that the problem originally started at the title side, the title part of the transaction, which is all the way at the end of the transaction, and quickly, as title companies began getting more secure, the problem moved to other parts throughout the transaction. So now buyers and sellers could be vulnerable to real estate wire fraud all the way from when the property is listed all the way through until it actually closes and funds. So there's a lot of places where we're still vulnerable, very vulnerable. Okay. So uh, so the criminals getting you know, information that somebody has applied for a mortgage, so now they think that's a good that's a target then? Could be that, okay. or they've, um, or they've hacked successfully hacked the real estate agent's email, or they've um, pretended to the title company that they're a seller and they're really not, or you know, on and on and on. There's a lot of examples of of how it's done. Oh, interesting, interesting. We uh, home inspectors a couple of years ago, like 2009, were getting emails from somebody who was a buyer, but they had to send you some funds and you keep some in order to. Because they were, they were sick in the hospital was a scam. And I don't know if any homeless inspector fell for it, but we saw that just recently that has come back up again. Yeah, this is a, a really hairy time right now. So I just read last week that uh, phishing email 
scam. So th- these all start as phishing emails, basically, and phishing attempts, phishing email scam attempts are up 350% since the pandemic. Wow, I, I believe it. My, my email has been flooded with just junk mail and then phishing ones and inside there as well, as well, yeah. so. Yeah, it's scary. It's, um, it, I, I was really curious to see what those numbers start to look like. I mean, 350% of anything is never really a good thing unless it's sales, right? So <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what effect it actually has on the dollar amounts that potentially get lost. Yeah, hopefully, well, no matter what, the crooks are always going to figure out a sneaky way to get around something. It's like it's very much like whack a mole. Yes, I remember that carnival game. Yeah, very much. I I excelled in whack a mole. I did very well, <laughs> well playing that game. So world class title. I've heard only good things about you guys. I've never heard anything discouraging about you. So what? I mean, what, what do you think is the number one thing that makes you guys stand out? I mean, you got superior security and you know, safety for everybody. What it sounds like to me. But what you guys have had a great reputation. Well beyond well, the safe wire. The the number one thing that makes us stand out, we we just have really amazing people that uh, we work with. I would say that um, one benefit that Kelly and I have as partners is that she's a really phenomenal operator of a title business. No one knows more about title than she does, and she really enjoys operating the the day to day operational side of the business. And I don't. Like okay. that, that okay. would be my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And so she's uh, able to do that. And, you know, the sales and marketing side is more of my um, niche where she doesn't like that part. So we actually just we complicate re- each other really well, which has been a, uh, a a big asset. I think a lot of times if you're a business owner, you know, you're wearing every hat. Yes. Regardless of whether you are good at it or not. And. I think just running the day-to-day operations of a of a of a small business, especially a title business, uh, is really daunting. And so, to have two people that have uh, complementary skill sets is uh, is a good thing. Yeah, good. And I, I've met some of your uh, people, you know, marketing people out in the field, and you know, top notch. They're, they're they're good. Yeah, we agree. You know, it's it's uh, you have to hire good people. You can't. Your people are your biggest asset, and they're your biggest liability. And so if you don't hire good people, then it's, um, you know, it just doesn't work. Like you can get away, if you're a large corporation, you can get away with hiring people who uh, are less than good. Uh, but if you're a small business, man, that that's, that's that will crush you. Oh, yeah, because it's just my sheer volume. One person out of a four-person team is 25% and versus one person out of 100. Yeah, it's a significant change. For your culture yeah. too yeah you can't do it you can't you know you can't hire i always say that when you're looking to hire especially for a small business like well, our two rules are you can't fix stupid right and so you can't hire dumb people because you just can't you can't you just there's nothing you can do and you can't you have to you can't you have to hire people that are likable so like likable and smart are the two number one things that you can't train for you can't train somebody to be likable and you can't train somebody to be smart, everything else you can train. Yes, yeah. So what's what's your? And that's, this is funny because how I found most of my inspectors is I would watch them where they were working, and it wasn't like a stalker or anything. But I would watch them. I go, all right, he has really good customer service, and he's 
He's not a slacker. He's moving quickly. He's making sure things are done appropriately. He has a customer service mentality already. And I know he's, because I saw this one guy, uh, he would remember how somebody wanted their drink or something. And he saw them and go, wait, don't you usually do this to your drink? And the person goes, oh, yeah, I forgot to say this. He's like, don't worry, I'll take care of it for you. So he's smart. Mm-hmm. So that's how I found most of our guys. I just observe them and see who has great customer service. They're not idiots, and they're mm-hmm. you know they're they're hustling. Do you have you done something similar to that, or or how do you find your people? Well, I would say that um, what we've done well is I, you know I think one of the most important things in when you're managing a business and you're managing people is you it's it's the it's the either the business owner or the manager's responsibility to make sure that that person is set up to be successful and in order to be set up to be successful the first thing you have to you have to recognize is does this person actually want to do this job right yes you can't motivate somebody just doesn't want doesn't like doing the job and so you have to get the right person in the right chair and sometimes We've had situations where we've brought in people who we think would be great, but they weren't in the right position. And so they are great, but we've had to put them in a different chair. And so that's happened. You know, I think that's happened a handful of times. But I think more than anything, it's it's hiring good people who want to be there. And if you if you don't want to be there, then we certainly aren't going to stop you from going out the door. And so that uh, that's the biggest one of the biggest things I think is 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 setting people up to be successful, supporting them and then empowering them to make decisions based on uh, the best information they have and certainly ask questions if they need help. But supporting good people is really important. I think that's one of the reasons why our people have our they the our most of our people stick around um oh nice nice for a long time because we we take care of them but we also empower them to be successful all right very nice very nice yeah because um somebody's unhappy they're not gonna be motivated to do anything they need you you need happy people yeah and we don't have time that we're not here to be micromanagers either i mean we're not you you know people have to be trained certainly but once they're trained and they're off doing their thing we're not we don't have enough time in the day to micromanage people. And, and what I've found too is, is being able to learn, especially as a a small business owner, being able to learn how to fire myself from different day-to-day tasks that I can hand off and I don't have to do anymore. And I, you know, I think that's, um, those are all really empowering things where you can show other people how to, how to fire themselves. We have sales reps and they generate a lot of revenue for our company. Well, I don't, I, we identified early on, well, why are our sales reps doing closings? You know, if our sales reps, if we could pay a closer a hundred dollars to a closing and that sales rep could generate $500 an hour for us, why are we having them do closings? And so, you know, I think, I think things like that, you know, just putting people in the right situation, supporting them for success, and then really identifying where is their highest and best use. Yep, yep. There's a, I used to work at, when I was in college, I worked at uh, restaurants. I, I waited tables, then I worked in the kitchen as well. The kitchen was actually a lot more fun. Didn't make as much money, but it was a lot more fun. But the kitchen, the cook line, they had a, like a little term they call it aces in their places. So whoever was the best in this position, that's what they were on busy nights. And it's just best person in the best best spot, just like you said, your closer would, would do the closing, and your sale your salespeople should be out there selling, bringing more in to keep the closer busy. Yeah, for sure, it's really important. I think it gets 
I think it gets overlooked a lot. I know I've seen other people make this mistake quite a bit where, you know, you have a position that needs to be filled. So, you know, you, you get somebody in there, but then that person, it really either isn't the right fit or the position is wrong, but the person's good. So, you know, find a different role for them and, and find somebody else for that position. It's just, you know, people are the, are the commodity. People are the most important thing in a business. And so if you get the luxury of having good people, you, you got to find ways to, to make it work. Yep. So yeah, you're absolutely correct on that. So the future for a world-class title, what do you, what do you have? You have, you have any goals for, for the next year? You want to accomplish projects? Well, we... Um, Where do you see things going? You know, I think for a lot of folks, us included, I think this pandemic has really thrown a monkey wrench into everything to figure out. You know, I think for, for in the beginning, it was um, of this, you know, the beginning of the year, I'll tell you, we had a, we set a record year, another record year last year. We were up 37 percent uh, profit. And nice. this in, in January of this year, we were up 50 percent over over January of last year. So we were in February, we were up. I mean, we we're we were on pace to have a really, uh, w- really strong first quarter. And then us, just like everybody else, went into survival mode. How do you, you know, what's going to happen? How do you keep your business afloat? How do you survive through all of this? Now, as a real estate sector, we've been, unlike the 2008 financial crisis this time around, we've been very fortunate, especially here in Columbus, to be able to keep things moving. But yeah. Um, so, you know, for, for I think now we're starting to get to a place where I think we can start looking again and seeing what our realistic numbers to be reassessing after we reassess what just happened. You know, how do we recalibrate? What are the rest of the goals look like for the rest for this year? I mean, we had set out originally for another 20 percent uh, increase uh, in profitability and growth this year. But um I think still think we'll get there. We probably will surpass it, but it, we we're not. You know, I don't I don't know. Um, but I think in the in the future, I could see we're licensed in seven states. I could see us having. A, um, I think what this pandemic has done is it showed us a way a path forward for us to scale, where we can still control a lot of the core function in Columbus, but we can actually have other parts of the country where we're doing business. And um, I'm excited about uh, exploring some more of that. Yeah, definitely the pandemic has caused people to reevaluate how they run and manage things and how they do their marketing. And I, I know some companies that kept very small profit margins. And yeah, it's a bump like this is, is, is devastating. So I think there's going to be a lot more people being a lot more cautious and just kind of holding on to cash a little bit because they, yeah, yeah. they don't know the future. Nobody does. No, but I tell you, if you have the cash... Uh, coming out of this is a time what I I'll tell you what I learned in 2008 I learned a couple of things one thing was 2008 was all about market share if you had the cash and you had the ability to get market share while everybody else was on the defense and go on the aggressive aggr- be aggressive that was the time to do it and I think that the, coming out of this if you have cash it's going to be a good time to be aggressive um, and that's what we're we're honing up for. We've never been in a better cash position than we are right now, so we're going to be getting more and more aggressive. Um, and the other thing I learned was that you can be really profitable being small and you can be really profitable being big, but if you get caught in between going from small to big, that's where that's where it's deadly. People that were getting caught going from small to big in a time like this is really where 
uh, it can be devastating. Yes, yes. So anything else you'd like to share? No, man, I hope everyone is out there staying safe, keeping their businesses uh, surviving and thriving, and, uh, you know, keep on keeping on, my friend. I appreciate you having me. No, you're very, very welcome. Thank you for being here. Now, how do people get hold of you, you know, you know, you know, you know your, your company? Yeah, worldclasstitle.com and safewire.com. Okay. And our, uh, my, my email is super easy. It's just chris at worldclasstitle.com or chris at safewire.com, but everything else is uh, online. All right, awesome. And I'll, I'll put your contact links uh, on the show notes. It makes it easier for cool. people to just click and go straight to you. All right, Great. thank you very much. Thanks, Jim. All right, Appreciate Chris. It. All right, you take care. All right, bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Standing Out in Ohio podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Google Podcasts to get new, fresh episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or visit the website of the best Ohio home inspection company at homeinspectionsinohio.com or jimtroff.com. That's J-I-M-T-R-O-T-H, and click on podcast. Until next time, learn and go do stuff. Mm-hmm.